We are taking a summer hiatus to reimagine the Wichita Chamber Business Accelerator podcast. We will be back with new hosts, new guests, and new stories soon. In the meantime, we will be re-releasing some of our most popular episodes over the past two and a half years. The Wichita Regional Chamber of Commerce's small business initiatives are made possible by our small business program investors, Blue Cross Blue Shield of Kansas, Cox Business, AGH CPAs and Advisors, United Healthcare, and Interest Bank. and drums, you know it's time for the Wichita Chamber Business Accelerator, powered by Evergy. Join us as we explore the world of business, leadership, and entrepreneurship in Wichita. Learn from local business leaders and owners on how they have built and grown their companies and the challenges and opportunities they met along the way. Coming to you from the Evergy Room at the Wichita Regional Chamber of Commerce. Here are your hosts, Don Sherman and Ebony Clemens Ajibalande. Welcome to another exciting edition of the WCBA, powered, of course, by Evergy. First, thank you for listening. Don't forget to like us, love us, share us. We truly appreciate you checking us out. In the house today, E, dauntless leadership. Yes, that is correct. How are you doing, Kathy? I'm doing well. How about the two of you? I think we're good. I- yeah, I would agree. <laughs> Today is a good day because we're going to be talking about leadership yes, and coaching. Yes. Yay. So if you would, please introduce yourself and tell us what you do. Absolutely. I'm Kathy McLean, and I am an executive leadership coach. A lot of my career led me to this point, and it is my passion. A lot of people think, well, what on earth is leadership coaching? And I'd love to say what it's not first. Okay. Okay. It is not counseling or therapy because (laughs) we assume the leader already has something on the ball and we're just tweaking the edges. Oh, nice. It's also not consulting because in consulting, you're giving the person the answer and coaching comes at it completely differently. We work with a leader who knows what their strengths are and knows what their developmental areas happen to be. And then it's the job of me as the coach to help get them there by asking powerful questions and challenging their assumptions and noticing the nonverbals all so that they come up with that leadership growth themselves and see themselves in situations from other perspectives. And that helps them decide, well, how do I show up as a leader in this situation? What does this person need from me right now? So it enhances their skills that we assume they already have. That's wow. Uh, that was actually kind of beautiful. That, yeah. <laughs> and I like starting with what it's not, you know, because right. I guess I won't sign Don up then. <laughs> Sorry, Don. <laughs> yeah. Well, it'll be the first time it's kicked out before I've started. Oh, my God. No, this is great. So you mentioned that it's your passion, but I'm really interested in the genesis. Like you said, a lot of the things that you mm-hmm. did in the past kind of led you to this point. It did. I spent 25 years in the Air Force. So leading people. Thank you for your service. It was my honor to serve with some great Americans. Wow, that's cool. What what city and state were you from? I grew up in a small town called Orange, Texas. It's about 90 miles east of Houston. Huh. Orange, Texas. Okay. Yeah. Last Texas town on Interstate 10 before you cross into Louisiana. Gotcha. So the great thing was wonderful Mexican food and Cajun food, and Mm -hmm. it was a German settlement, so German food. 
Wow. Great place win, to grow win, up. Win. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. I, my gosh. No, I don't. Yeah. Did you go running every day? <laughs> <laughs> I worked it off. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, but growing up there in the 60s near Houston, the space race was going mm-hmm. on, the race to the moon. And that's what really interested me. I wanted to be an engineer and be an astronaut and study science. Mm-hmm. And mom and dad really encouraged me. Dad was Canadian. And we took long driving trips from southeast Texas to Calgary. And on one of them... That's a John. Oh, my goodness. It takes two days to get out of Texas. (laughs) Wow. Yes. So I was about 13, 14 years old, and we were passing through Colorado. And he says, hey, girls, on the agenda today was to stop at the Air Force Academy. Mm. Out your left window there, but we're running a couple hours behind. Do you still want to stop? And... Of course, we go, no, get to the hotel. We want to swim in the pool. Right, right. But as we drive by, I said, so, Dad, what's this Air Force Academy thing? And he said, well, you've heard of West Point in Annapolis. This is the Air Force Academy. It's a four-year accredited institution. You can get your engineering degree. And if you're medically qualified, you can fly jets in the Air Force. And I remember pondering that as we drove by. So then school starts after that a couple of months later, and I go into the the school counselor, and I asked for the book on the Air Force Academy. Yes, I know that greatly So back then they, they had a book. They had a book. <laughs> yes. Nice. And she handed it to me, and as she did, she said, in a Texas accent, honey, you can't go there because you're a girl. Oh. Mm-hmm. I was like, what? Well, I couldn't. It was against the law. So I went home and pulled out a sheet of lined notebook paper, I kid you not, and I wrote my congressman about how indignant I was that I could have a part-time job, pay federal taxes, and not be allowed to go there. He did not answer me. Okay. A couple of years later, they open all of the academies to women. Whoa. I put my application in. I'm a junior in high school now. It's perfect timing. And the way the academies work, all of them, is to be fair and have equal opportunity for every single high schooler in our nation, every senator and congressperson can have five in an academy at any one time. So he shows up at our small town for a town hall meeting, and I sit through it, and then I get in line. You know, it's business person, 16-year-old Kathy. (laughs) Right, right, right. And I get up to him, and I shake his hand. It was Representative Charlie Wilson, and I said, my application for the academy is in your office. I would really like you to consider nominating me to go there. And I kid you not, he never released my hand. He kept shaking, and he said, did you write me a letter a couple of years ago? And I said, yes, sir, I did. And the next week, he nominated me to the Air Force Academy. Wow. So launched me into my dream, launched me into the opportunity to fly airplanes for the Air Force and lead people. And I really loved the leading people aspect of it. How do you take people from different walks of life who all understand where they're headed for a mission and pull them together, put them in harm's way, and have them motivated to do it? So that's what touched all 25 years of my career, where I moved nine times in 25 years, but three of them were right here at McConnell Air Force Base. So very unusual to get stationed at the same base three times. Now, when I retired out of the Pentagon, this is where I wanted to raise my kids. I loved this area. Wow. So we had, our church was here, and the kids had friends in school, and I had friends, and there are job opportunities So settled here to raise middle school kids in Wichita, Kansas. I went to work for Boeing 
loved working at Boeing Defense because I still served the warfighter, even though I didn't have combat boots on anymore. And I actually had to coordinate an outfit every day. <laughs> yeah, that's right. a big change, right. isn't it? Yeah. Right. And I was still serving the warfighter, and it was rewarding how many came to talk to me about leadership and being more effective. They wanted that one-on-one mentorship. When Boeing left Wichita, I went to Spirit Aerosystems and had the exact same experience with people really interested in wanting to be better at leading others and motivating them. So I had an opportunity to step out of aerospace and use my GI Bill. I went to Georgetown and got certified in executive leadership coaching and came back and started my business. Wow. I absolutely love what I get to do. Pre-COVID, traveled a lot. Post-COVID, everything's on Zoom. So I do all my work from home. And at the end of the day, it's just, I, I smile because I've touched lives and helped people see that they're better than they think they are. Excellent. And before I know I'm jumping in here, E, but no, I'm the, the little inner Don wants to talk about these airplanes. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yes. What airplanes did you fly? Oh, uh, so primarily the KC-135s. Okay. Right here. Okay. The four engine air refuelers wow. that were built from 1956 to 1964. Half of the fleet are older than I am. I just want to put that on record. <laughs> <laughs> right. And of course, now you know we have the KC-46 Pegasus. Mm-hmm. McConnell was the first base in the nation to get the new air refueler. But most of my time, I've got over 2,600 hours flying that KC-135 all over the world. Help us understand what kind of feeling that is to fly something that huge oh. all across the country. I mean, she's got a, if this is radio, she's got a big smile on her face. <laughs> yes. yes. Tell us that experience before we get into yes. the leadership. Oh, certainly. So the KC-135 fully loaded weighs 322,500 pounds. Oh, <laughs> it carries 200,000 pounds of fuel. Pound of fuel weighs about six and a half pounds. And, you know, think of a commercial airliner. We've got the luggage compartment. Well, the luggage compartment for us is full of fuel. Right. So there, the wingtips are full of fuel. The belly's full of fuel. We're a flying gas station. Right. And there is nothing like pulling out into the runway, holding the brakes, pushing those four powerful engines up, checking the engine instruments, looking at the crew, popping your feet off the brakes and screaming down the runway and pulling into the air. But the real magic happens because we know exactly where we need to be at exactly what time, at exactly what altitude to meet the aircraft that needs the fuel. Right. So we fly to that point. We get there about eight minutes before they do and start a, a left-hand turn. And they start about 100 miles away from us. And we fly toward each other. And then we turn right in front of them. So we roll out three miles in front of the aircraft that needs the fuel. And they come up to us. The boom operator, who's typically a pretty young person, drops the boom behind us. As the airplane flies up, the toggles open up and the boom slides into a receptacle and the mm-hmm. toggles grab it. And now we are two airplanes flying at 28,000 yeah. feet, wow. you know, 350 miles an hour connected by 20 to 30 feet boom that's connecting us. And we flip switches in the front that pumps fuel directly from our aircraft directly into theirs. It is an amazing capability in our Dash 1. That's our guidance on how to fly the airplane. There's a warning. It says, 
flying two aircraft in close proximity right. is inherently right. dangerous. <laughs> we're like, <laughs> thank <"Duh."> you. Yeah. <laughs> and we're going to go do it every day. Wow. That is so, that so is cool. cool. Thanks for sharing that. That's just too cool. Go, E. I'm no, sorry. No, yeah, that is perfect. We're both here just sitting intrigued, yeah. leaning in to hear the story. Yeah. No, you know, the fact that you said you've done all of these things from the Pentagon mm. back to Wichita, Kansas. Oh, yes. Right? So you did, you had a couple stints here in Wichita. And you met some pretty amazing people, I would imagine. And today you had an opportunity to meet some even more fabulous people. <laughs> you and Don. Yes, absolutely. Don So your business, you said, you know what? I want to actually go into business for myself. And I think the best place in the United States of America is Wichita, Kansas. Mm. Tell us about that. People don't know what a wonderful gem we have here. So why is that? Kids are middle school. I told you we already had connections. It's the warmth of the community, the welcoming feeling for that we had the three times we were stationed here. There is so much to do here. We've got amazing restaurants and the arts, and I'm a big fan of our symphony and music theater Wichita. And recently I've been involved with the Wichita Grand Opera, who in April, they're teaming with WSU Tech Culinary School, Niche to put on an opera about Julia Childs. Uh-huh. The students what? are preparing a meal. We're going to get the famous chocolate cake from one of her episodes. And their upcoming 4th of July celebration is not to be missed. So who can say no to something like yeah, that? And then so you cool. add in Riverfest and Interest and mm-hmm. the live music, the brew pubs that are popping up everywhere for gathering places. And at its core... It's Midwesterners who believe in working hard and trusting each other and lending a hand. So that's why Wichita. So I'm a Wichita by choice. Wonderful. We are so glad you're here. (laughs) Thank you for making our community better. Oh, you're very welcome. Yes. My honor to be part of it. And our leaders. So this business that you do, who who would you say it's catered to? Mm. I focus on high-stress, high-stakes leaders. That's Mm. my background. Yeah. For real. So yeah. those are the ones that I tend to work with the most. I work with CEOs, and I'll even work with folks who are just new to leading, new, mm-hmm. newly to their team. There's a couple of ways to run a coaching business. One of them is to go out and find your own clients, and that involves a lot of sales and marketing, and that's just not my personality. I'm a bit quieter. So I actually coach for four different companies. So they bring the clients to me, and I coach people all over the world. Two nights ago, I was working with someone in Korea, an American in Korea. Mm. I was talking with folks in Canada yesterday. So that is where I draw a lot of my inspiration from and where I learn a lot because I meet these leaders who are working in very different areas, transforming the companies that we have to transform now, certainly post-COVID. And the challenges they're dealing with have very high stakes, some of them life and death stakes, some of them high monetary stakes. So that's the focus where I go. That is wonderful. Mm -hmm. And I love this business model of them bringing the customers to you. Mm -hmm. Now, did you plan it that way or? I did. I knew that marketing was not my thing. Okay. And so I had my eye on a few companies that I knew I wanted to work for. And once I graduated from Georgetown with my certificate in hand, I started reaching out to them and interviewing, and I'm one of their coaches now. That is wonderful. We need to hear a word from our sponsors before we continue. (laughs) But we'll hear from them, and then we'll come right back to hear more of your story. 
Seeing the world of energy differently means looking forward and innovating now. It's why we've invested in a next-gen infrastructure, one capable of providing energy to you more dependably than anything before it. So you can focus on what matters most. Reliable, sustainable, affordable energy that puts you first. That's everything to us. Evergy, the utility company. At Coke, our Wichita roots run deep. As part of this community, we strive to build strong partnerships with local organizations and create opportunities for our hometown businesses and entrepreneurs. From teaching kids STEM to supporting community resources and funding grants for local educators, we're proud to support Wichita and the amazing work happening throughout our city. Interested in learning more? See how we do it at CokeICT.com. That's K-O-C-H-I-C-T.com. Welcome back, friends. We are here with Dauntless Leadership. And Kathy's telling us her story, which is so fascinating. So she's back here in Wichita and doing great things. But I want to go back to your first introduction to Wichita. It's McConnell. Mm. It was indeed my very first assignment after pilot training. So I went to pilot training in Enid, Oklahoma, and was assigned the KC-135. Went to California to get trained in that for four months, and I show up in Wichita, Kansas in November of 1983. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. Yeah. So my first introduction here was flying the KC-135 that we talked about already. So stepping back about McConnell, I just want the folks to understand what is that thing that's on the southeast side of Wichita? Mm-hmm. What goes on there? And I want folks to think about it as a small city. Yeah. has a population of 7,000 people. Right. has an airport has 42 aircraft. It has pilots and maintainers and air traffic controllers and firemen and chefs and accountants and IT professionals. Everything you need in a small city is right there. And I wonder how many people actually know the economic impact that McConnell has on our community. Yeah. It's $825 million per year. Wait, say that number one more time. $825 million per year is the economic impact. Let's just round it up to a billion. Okay, we can do that. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. But I'll tell you, that's actually not the most important part. It's the people. Every single military member at McConnell has raised their right hand and sworn to support and defend the Constitution of the United States, even if it means giving their life Mm -hmm. service to the nation. That's who is in our community temporarily, because every two to five years, they're going to pack up their lives, their belongings, their families, and move somewhere. And they crave normalcy when they get to that place. And that's what I found here at McConnell, was a community that gave us normalcy, that talked to us about, hey, join our church or shop here. This is where you can get your hair cut or here are the job opportunities and welcomed my kids into the schools. That's what I think we need to give back to those amazing Americans out there at McConnell Air Force Base. Their duty is to our nation and to us. Mm -hmm. I think our duty is to give them as much normalcy and welcoming and roots as we can while they're here, because we really hope they come back and put roots down. We want that work ethic and that sense of service and that education level that they have. In fact, there are 16,000 retirees that have come back here to Wichita, Derby, Goddard, Andover community to settle because of what we offer. 
right here. Wow. Right here. Well, that is mm-hmm. powerful. That's so what can we do? Because, you know, a lot of times as, you know, we think of it, as you said, it is kind of its own thing. But how can we as a community, as civilians, engage more and be more welcoming? Or what are some some tips that we can do? Oh, great, great question. Mm. One of them is the organization that's sponsored right here by the chamber. It's called Friends of McConnell. Mm-hmm. It has been in existence for years, and it started as a small group of people that went, what's that thing on the southeast yeah. side? Let's get to know them right. and let's welcome them into the community. And it has grown, and it's a group of all ages of people that care about opening the doors for the folks there at McConnell. They do fundraisers. They do events for the young airmen who are living in the dorms. They form connections. The, those people have the airmen into their homes and welcome mm-hmm. them to dinner. So that's one formal way is to get connected right here through the chamber with the friends of McConnell. How else do you do it? When you run into them in the grocery store, say hi. It's pretty obvious, especially with the guys yeah. who's in the military. <laughs> right, right, right. It's yeah. true. Very right. true. But say hi and welcome. And how long have you been here? And what do you do? And just start the conversation. That's the key to those of us who moved every two to five years mm-hmm. feeling welcome. Is there anything, if I can interject, e, if there's it, I mean, when I see someone, especially in uniform, you know, I say thank you for your service. Is there anything mm-hmm. else? they would want to hear from us little civilian folks <laughs> besides thank you for your services there i mean does that i'm sure they i hope they hear it a lot is there anything else relevant and compelling we can say to show our appreciation for their service yeah ask where they're from just like you did with me okay where are you from what do you do okay again that's the starting the conversation and yes that means the world to all of us when someone says thanks for your service okay that does okay. Mean i just the wondered world. i mean I know a lot of people say it, and I try to say it when I can, but I just, it's got to be something else. I mean, I'm sure they hear that all the time. What else can be relevant and compelling yeah. that I can ask? Where are you from? What do you do? You How from? long have you been do? here? How long you been? Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, that, that, that's awesome. So I'm interested to know, you know, you are very, seem as if you are very well connected and love mm-hmm. the city. What about Wichita and its ecosystem do you think that we need to work on? Is there anything? I, you know, I'm going to have to say no. Oh, wow. I think we have it right in Wichita. I really do. I love hearing that. I love hearing that. That's Yeah, that's pretty cool. I, when I was on the Metropolitan Area Planning Commission, people would come and they would want to build buildings and stuff. And what, that's one thing I got exposed to is that we had to make sure that you wasn't building anything that was too high and flight path yeah. of McConnell. And they would get close and, well, no, <laughs> we're not doing that. <laughs> no. and, but yeah, that's when you realize how important McConnell is to Wichita. I mean, so yeah, that's when I first got a taste of it because I'm, I'm not a military person, but I do admire them. Mil- this is Military Appreciation Month. Is there anything you want to share about this month? What can we do to make it a better military appreciation month? Well, I'd actually like to share a story about who they are up there. We've talked kind of generalities, but I'd Mm -hmm. like to bring it home and add a personal touch to it. Please. You know, after 9-11, we were deployed all the time. In fact, an average of 270 days. People right here at McConnell were gone away from their families and their homes overseas. And we were responding to a threat 
And I want to share an air refueling story that really highlights who is living in our midst. So I am I'm deployed. I am commanding all of the air, all of the flying operations from a certain location. And that particular night, I'm going in to fly a special operations mission. The Air Force actually has eight special operations KC-135s, and they were all at my location. Normally, we refuel up at 28,000 feet. Special ops missions, we are down about 4,000 feet above the ground. Night vision goggles are on. We go into fly, and the intel officer briefs that they are moving our air refueling track seven miles away because the firefight is so intense, mm-hmm. where we are going to refuel a C-130 gunship. We have Army soldiers and Marines surrounded by the enemy, and the gunship is flying over, firing, keeping the enemy away from them, and needs our fuel. So we go screaming down the runway, headed that direction. We're up at you know, the 20,000-foot area going into the fight. And the radio crackles to life, and it's the pilot of the C-130 gunship. And he says, I'm engaged. I need fuel now. Oh, wow. And the navigator says, say your coordinates. And he gives his latitude and longitude. And I turn around and said, Nav, where is he? And he goes, right on top of where we've been ordered not to go. Wow. Mm. We are a flying gas station. If someone's going to fire at us from the ground, we'll see it before we become a fireball. Well, I know in my heart what we needed to do. And I have other crew members on board. So I look at my co-pilot, 30-year-old, married, father of two. And I, I said, this is going to be a crew decision if we're going to go in over the firefight. And he looks at me and he goes, well, yeah. Mm. And I turn around, I look at the 25-year-old navigator and I said, Nav. And he gives me two thumbs up with a grin. And I swivel around backwards and I look at the 20-year-old boom operator. And I said, Boom. And he grins, and he stands up from his chair, and he picks up the portable oxygen bottle that he's required to carry to the back of the airplane, and he says, Boom's checking off for the rear with oxygen. Wow. And I said, Nav, give him our ETA. And we blacked ourselves out, and we threw on the night vision goggles, and we went screaming down to 4,000 feet and right on top of the firefight. And that 130 gunship came in behind us. We could see the infrared blinking light. That was it. And as soon as they were plugged, we dumped fuel as fast as we could into his tanks. And then he pulled away and right back in the fight, and the boom yelled, he's away. And we firewalled those throttles and went screaming back up to 20,000 feet, and I think we breathed for the first time. I tell that story to describe the selflessness and the pride I felt at these young servicemen who said, without hesitation, we're going in. So that's who's in our community. So let's welcome them and let's entice them to come back when they're done with service. What a powerful story. I am, I I hope the listeners feel the emotion that we're feeling right. That is, wow, wow. I don't know what to say about that. Yeah, after that, that that is just, woo. That's, I don't know if that's, now, if you could see us, Ebony and I were just riveted looking at Kathy Waiting for what the next word was. Yeah. It's just amazing. And just you and your leadership during that yes. time. And even yeah. as you were telling the story, you have this calm demeanor, right? Mm-hmm. And just having oh. a leader in the midst of that type of action say, are you ready to do this? Do you right. want to do this? Everyone's on board and you say, all right, put your night goggles on <laughs> and get to it. Oxygen <laughs> and everything. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. That- That's amazing. Wow, what a powerful story. You know what? If you're interested in being a friend of McConnell, make sure you contact Mike Hellstab right here at the chamber. That's a powerful story. I'm still, 
That's a beautiful. I don't know whether to call it beautiful, compelling. I don't know. It was just a great story. I mean, and uh, so with that, I believe people would want to know, based on that leadership, what kind of leader you are when we give you a word association test. It's well, a little, little test. test. Should I be worried? No, not you. <laughs> you should not be worried. But no, it's not a test. It's mm -hmm. just that we're going to play a little game. Word association. I gave you one word. You gave me one word back. It's not wrong because it's your word. I'm game. All right. See, that's. I knew she'd be ready. <laughs> yeah, I knew she'd be ready. Let's go. Later. Now. Success. People. College. Air Force Academy. Failure. Learning. Entrepreneur. Risky. Wichita. Love it. Vacation. Family. Hero. Mom and dad. Chamber. Igniters. Wow. That's a good one. Family. Mm, my heart. Fun. Laughter. Last but not least, and you got to tell the truth about this one, beverage. Wine. There you go. <laughs> Wonderful. Wow. Thank you so much for being on the show. Yes. I mean, oh, my God. I, I don't know what to do. I'm just going to oh. turn it over to you. It was a pleasure to it meet was, both of you. Thank you for so what you do for the chamber. Ellie. Yes. See? Thank you for being here. You're very welcome. Friends, if you would, please make certain that you like this and share it. And let us know who you'd like to hear from next. Till next time. Peace. The Wichita Chamber Business Accelerator is brought to you by the Wichita Regional Chamber of Commerce and is powered by Evergy. Visit wichitachamber.org for a list of the area leaders we've interviewed for this series. This show is part of the ICT Podcast Network. For more information, visit ictpod.net. The Wichita Regional Chamber of Commerce's small business initiatives are made possible by our small business program investors, Blue Cross Blue Shield of Kansas, Cox Business, AGH CPAs and Advisors, United Healthcare, and Interest Bank. Thank you for your support of small businesses. If you are interested in learning more about small business investment, contact Angie Elliott at A-E-L-L-I-O-T-T -T at wichitachamber.org.